You are listening to the Sassy and Self-Employed Podcast, Sassy Talk with Jenny Blue, where she has insightful and informative conversations with creative artists, designers, and entrepreneurs that will empower and inspire you to earn revenue from your talents and passions. She discusses what you need to know to achieve your financial and career goals from those blazing their trail to creative and entrepreneurial success. Grab your beverage of choice, settle in, and get to know Jenny's inspirational guests one episode at a time. You will be empowered and motivated with every conversation. Hello, everyone. This is Jenny Blue, and you are here with Sassy Talk, and I am having a matcha latte with the lovely Wendy Middleton. Wendy is a caterer and a qualified nutritionist. Her catering business is called A Cut Above Catering, and the nutrition arm of her business is A Cut Above Nutrition. Wendy is incredibly passionate and committed to sharing her love of food and so that you look and feel great and that the food, most importantly, tastes great too. Her 15 years of experience in her catering business matched with her family of tough taste testers, her husband and three boys, ensure that her nutritional recipes taste amazing. So thank you so much for your time today, Wendy. Oh, pleasure, Jen. I'm excited to do this. Oh, excellent. So because we're all about food, okay, what is your go-to order at your favourite local restaurant? I mean, do you go out and try other people's wares or, you know? Yeah, absolutely, but never, ever a go-to because I'm always trying different things. So for me, so I'm always looking at like the most ingredients or the most different flavours in a dish and that's probably the one I'll choose. Okay. And when you travel, is that food a big part of your travelling experience yeah. as well? So we will plan ahead um, and that'll be a big determination of where we travel to. Um, I love, yeah, researching the restaurants, getting tips from people. Um, so yeah, and Spain was a recent one, which we totally love, but we're going to the Blue Mountains this weekend. Again, I'm just researching what's the latest cafe or anything like that. Love it. And you bring your travels into your catering repertoire? Yes. Yeah. So with, um, definitely always get inspiration. I remember when we did travel many, many, many years ago, (laughs) I had this crazy idea of picking all these foods from all different countries, which would have been a marketing disaster with all these different flavours. But, yeah, we definitely bring a little bit back into our menus. I guess it depends too on the taste of the people you're catering for as well, whether those flavours are going to resonate. Yes, and how it fits with the menu and what you may love doesn't mean other people love. So you have to take that into account. Exactly. So you've been in business, as previously mentioned, as a caterer for uh, a number of years. Would you like to share a little bit of how you got started in catering, just very quickly? So I have um, a marketing background and I I had young children, so I wasn't working at the time. A neighbour invited me or asked me to cater for a legal seminar and I was like, well, I don't do that sort of thing. (laughs) But my husband was out of work at the time and I thought, okay, I'll give it a go. Did it with my sister um, and we just loved it and we were were hooked. So we did it together for many years and then she moved to New Zealand. So, yeah, that's how it started. You are planning. It just happened. So I was self-taught cook, definitely. Oh, amazing, amazing. So with that in mind... And going into business, which is something you hadn't planned, even though you had a marketing background. So you had a bit of a foundation there. 
What do you think you would have liked to have known before starting out? Oh, that's easy, systems. I really, really, <laughs> really wish I, everything I had done from the beginning, even just anything that you do, even just more than twice, you should have a system for. So even like an inquiry email, I've now set up templates for that, so I'm just shooting off a similar email to people. But, yeah, I used to think, I used to pride myself on it was all in my head I knew everything and I thought that was pretty clever. But I realised over time I was carrying this big burden and I, and it did weigh heavily on me and it wasn't until I think my husband joined the business and I had to download that information and that's when we started to be systemized. and it is so, so good. Because you want to be focused on the things you're good at and you want to be free from things that perhaps you're not so good at or just don't need so much of your attention. So just systemize everything, everything you possibly everything. can. <laughs> everything. Everything. Well, well, they say to actually scale a business, it relies very heavily on systems. And if people look to franchise an idea, it needs to have systems in place. And if you don't have those in place, it makes it really hard to scale or, you know, well, that's grow your right. business. And everything, people will often say to me about catering, you know, I couldn't do it, but you can do anything. It's just a procedure and it's a system in place. So I would hope, I don't know, maybe one day I can share this system with someone starting out in a catering business. And yeah, if you just break everything down, it's all possible. Never think, I never think of the 1000 duck rice paper rolls I've got to make, just the the step by step. It's not so overwhelming. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So at the moment, what are you curious about at the moment? I know you're sort of marrying both your uh, catering side of your business and your passion for nutrition. Is there anything that you're particularly focused on at the moment? Okay, so uh, for us, I really want to share with people an achievable and sort of sustainable way of healthy eating So don't come to me for menu plans because I won't give you a menu plan. I think that's just setting you up for failure. If I give you a seven-day plan and you miss one step, you're just going to throw your arms and go, well, that's it. I can't do this. So I'll give you meal options, um, where, but you have to make the choice. You have to make your own plan and commit to it. So I really... Yeah, I suppose for healthy eating for me, it's a it's a journey. It's like, you know, when you want to run a marathon, you don't go and run it straight up. It's step by step. So I'm trying to help people do these step by step where they just get a sustainable way of eating that they don't even think about, just like you don't think about cleaning your teeth. You just do it automatically. That's what I want with with people. So if someone came to you with a nutrition sort of uh, question or shift they want to make in their, you know, diet, what's the process that you would take them through? Okay, so I sit with them. We spend quite a lot of time, I call it like fact-finding, but actually like talking to them, of course, their health goal and what they want to achieve, but also and their food diary and, and what they are eating so we can see the gaps but also what they like to eat, how they cook, even down to what implements they have in the kitchen. Do they have a food processor, you know, it's no, or a slow cooker? It's no point me giving recipes where they don't have the equipment, but also their tastes. Like some people hate raw food or they much prefer, prefer warm, nourishing food. So I will, yeah, just adapt the plan for them. 
But in terms of, and then we go step by step. So for most people, breakfast is a real struggle. And I believe a good breakfast sets you up so well for the day. So I will just give them, they just work on breakfast, nothing else. And until they nail that breakfast and it's a habit and it's effortless, we don't move on. And yeah, so that's just step, step by step. I like the longer I can work with someone, the better. But some people are great at just taking a plan and doing it themselves. So and just depends on it. the person. Because most nutritionists will give you like a food list of yes. the things to avoid or things to include and sort of maybe set to, and explain why they're important and what they're trying to achieve with it. But they don't necessarily give you, uh, you know, menu ideas or recipes that you can actually make that are you know, tasty. Quite often you can be just left to go on your own. Yeah, sometimes that is the case, but this is where I'm finding it's working well because actually the recipes I give you, you'll then work. (laughs) I know how to cook. I know the shortcuts through catering. So this is sort of what I'm focusing on, trying to impart this combination of knowledge plus the skills. And I've actually quite a few clients will come from other practitioners and they've been told, you know, they've got dairy intolerance and they have to, but they're told you dairy intolerance, don't eat these foods, bye-bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's room for everybody and I think this is where I'm, what I'm enjoying. Well, it's taking that overwhelm away and my biggest joy is they'll sit here and go, oh, this has been great <laughs> and off they chuff and, yeah. Well, yeah, because any sort of diet shift, if it's, you know, deviates too much from what you like, people don't stick with it. No, and don't take on too much. And it's the same in business. Just take on, you know, small little bits at a time um, is is the trick. Yes. Small steps. Small steps, yes. What do they say? (laughs) There's no such thing as an overnight sensation. It's generally years (laughs) before you actually achieve any success. Even saying small business that it can take up to five years to see a really good return so I hate asking this particular question in this way but (laughs) well it has the fail word in it and I think that's a really harsh harsh word to say so is there anything as part of your business journey or even you know through the creative process of doing your catering or with your nutrition work that you've tried to emphasize that you sort of made you know a foray into and it didn't quite work out the way you'd hoped and it kind of you know I hate the word failure, but you felt like, you know, it could have been done a lot better or, um, yeah, it's really was a disappointment to you. Okay. I am, um, yeah, I tend to avoid, not that I succeed in everything, but I have a real fear of failure, which I must say held definitely held me back in younger years. I'm a bit better at it now. So I sort of would avoid things I wasn't good at perhaps. But now I think I do get very distracted by the, you know, the shiny, shiny, and I will have one idea and pursue it. And sometimes I just don't seem to finish things. Oh, non-completer. Oh, <laughs> non-completer. And I just, I don't know what it is. I really have to work on that. So, but it could be part of your makeup. Too. What do you think? <laughs> okay. So, from my, I'm going to give you a little bit of feedback from my lecturing experience yes. um, that I've had, is that 
there's if you're a last minute person, you can't change that you're a last minute person. So if you leave, if your energy works best at leaving everything to the last minute, it's not me. Okay, then you have to work with that, but just learn how last minute is too last minute. If you are someone that has what I call shiny bright thing disease, mm. which is where that little sparkly thing in the corner mm. is really, really engaging and, and exciting to pursue, understand that about yourself and either have people in your team that encourage you to complete that or you recognize it enough in yourself to know okay when I do finish something what's the outcome and is this something that feels like something that I'm going to likely to finish so from your previous experience of when you've seen something through does it actually does this new thing feel like something that I've finished before and if it does then you know go for it. But if not, just go, well, I might play with it for a little while, but put it down and then move on to the next thing. And not necessarily beat yourself up that you don't finish, but sort of include it a little bit in how you function. Yeah, that's very good advice. I've started to, I'm not allowed to go for the next thing. I put a parameter on myself (laughs) until I finish this other thing. Because I think now there's so much information out there for all of us, business-wise, and I'm always listening to podcasts or reading things or, and you just get, you can get overwhelmed. It's the same in nutrition, all that information. Like there's so much information out there, but you, you need, yeah, a helping hand to actually implement it. I think this is where, do you, would you, like small business people and whatever, it's implementing stuff. We've got heaps of information out there, but and, what do we implement? And, and how? Which, and which ideas do you take on first? Yes. Sometimes having someone external to go, well, actually, I think you should start here first can be really helpful. So having either mentors or, you know, people around you that can actually go, well, you know, start here. It's obvious to me, start here. Because yes. you can get, you know, overwhelmed and you've got, you know, 25 different ideas to grow your business or to to try different things and you know it's very easy to get distracted so it's really good to have someone that can help you focus if you have shiny bright thing disease I suffer with shiny bright (laughs) thing disease but no and I think (laughs) something else to this whole mentor or other business people even just a business group or coffee catch-up people in your industry when you're in business on your own it's invaluable Yes, you can't be an island in it. No. You know, and that feedback you get from people and as a sort of a springboard of ideas, you know, I find it really helpful, you know. I mean, I'm very chatty so I will chat to anyone, (laughs) but, you know, if you're not that way inclined, it is really beneficial, I think, to find someone that you trust and, you know, value their opinion and use them as a sounding board and write your ideas down. You know, even if they sound completely crazy, they may not be completely crazy. Mm. And you can always pick them up later as well. I think documenting your ideas. Systems. Systems. <laughs> Wendy and her systems. And batching and batching. Yes, being things. time efficient. Yeah. Yes. I'm thinking instead of swipping and swatching. <laughs> That's a new term. Swipping and swatching. <laughs> That's how my mind works. Yeah, just moving from one thing to the other. I think it's so much better. Okay, so you're going to do all your Instagram posts at one time is, or, you know, creating something, recipe testing, just do it in batches. I think that's a very efficient use of time. I've got to say I am not amazing at the batching. I can, and I think if you are someone who is 
an improviser. I'm going to say that you are a high improviser, someone that wants to pursue different things. So you're jumping to one thing to the next. That's your nature to try different things. It's really hard to be focused to go, okay, I'm going to batch this here, here, here. It's yeah. a real discipline. And if, it, if you're not built that way, that can be a little bit challenging and you can feel a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> about it. I know I do. I know I do. There's, yeah, there's ways of doing it. And there's good apps and things now that you can use so that make these jobs easier as well. So like for Instagram, there's Plan. Do you know it? P-L-A-N-N. And, you know, there's multiple. That's a good one though. So, yeah. Any other tools that you use as part of your systems? Um, apart from Instagram well, I use like photo editing, editing so Visco, um, Google Docs. I just learned that you could actually talk into a Google, Google Doc and it'll transcribe it for you. So I've got all these, if I'm driving and I was just, you know, an idea pops in, so I just blurt it out. Um, so that's really useful. But then I've ended up with all these Google Docs that I'm not really <laughs> doing everything with. There are all these little memos. system to get all the information out of those Google Docs. So it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. So is there something that you'd like to share with our listeners that you believe has been invaluable to your business? I know you've just touched on tools. Is there anything else you found really beneficial in the, that helped you to grow your business? Why, like social media is fantastic for small business uh, because it's, inexpensive like you really don't have to it doesn't cost you anything except your time but it's a great way of building a community talking to people but also getting feedback so you can try different things play around with it and you know look at the results and you know it's very helpful marketing wise so I've found that really yeah I really I enjoy that a lot well, your product is very visual, so it lends yes. itself very but much But I to would it. argue, because I get people say that, I have heard that a bit, but I would argue there's room for everything. You know, like even a good copywriter, you can put beautiful quotes on there and images, just anything that makes people feel good. Mm-hmm. And people underestimate the value. Like a, a copywriter said to me, people don't want to know about words yeah I do I'd love to know the meaning of this word or they sometimes I think we undervalue what we have to give yes I would agree with that like you can what do they say you hide your light under a bushel or whatever you know but the gifts that you have you can kind of take for granted yeah and you may think nothing of them but they're actually really valuable to someone else and there's other different platforms like yes you've highlighted the copywriter Emma, who I spoke to in our previous podcast, she's an, an author and illustrator and her uh, platform of choice is Twitter because she's yes. an author. And see, I don't use that. It doesn't Twitter. suit me at all. Exactly, because it's not as strong a visual platform yes. as Instagram or, or Facebook or what have you, yet she has got a significant amount of Twitter followers through, and she tries on exactly what you said, tries on her ideas and puts them out there to get feedback. Yeah. And has nurtured over the years uh, some, you know, 30,000-plus followers. Oh, I'd love to have them on <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to pick the platform, I think, the message here is that suits your business. So if you don't have something that's visually engaging, that doesn't mean you can't be on social media or use social media as a tool. I think you need to just be very mindful of what you're sharing and where it best connects to the people you're trying to connect to. Well, that is the thing. You need to be where your clients are. Yeah. And no matter what you might enjoy, 
you need to research and find out where your clients are and that's where obviously you need to be. Exactly. Which sometimes we forget. <laughs> well, yes. It's not about us. It's about them. It's about the client. It's about the customer. Exactly. Well, like I said before, uh, Wendy's Instagram account is amazing. It's lovely and beautiful photos. And, you know, and there is a consistent theme that you adopt. You, you know, I've noticed with your photography it has whether you consciously or unconsciously do it, there is a colour palette that you seem yes. to, to run through. How, you know, is, that a, is it a conscious decision for you to run with that or is it just well, being authentic I, to you? I think I just go with what I feel looks good but then I have looked back and I can see, yeah, the pattern to it that I will continue with that pattern. I think that's important, a certain sort of look a consistency makes it all look very appealing to the eye, but not too perfect or um, manicured is the word. Yeah, you know, yeah, contrived. Those, yeah, those accounts that just they look perfect. They are lovely to look at. I just can't achieve that anyway. I can't achieve that. And but I think, and from what I'm seeing, Instagram is now becoming a bit more freer. It's not so perfect. People are showing the other side. I think there's a bit of a pushback from this perfect, orchestrated, beautifully balanced feed. Yes. Well, I, like Which is the, nice. It puts the pressure off Well, everybody. it's authentic. Yes. It's authentic. I think I always like to quote Dr. Zeus, no one's as you than you, and I think it's much easier to be you than try and be something that you're not. And I think the other aspect of social media, and because there is so much information out there, People are very discerning. They can pick, yes, you know, if something isn't authentic or real and you can, you know, it's important that it is to them these days, you know, that you're not being too manicured or contrived, that you are actually human. Yeah, and you can see in the likes that the photos of you are the ones that always just they get the most likes. People, and I know when I look at someone's feed, I sort of scroll through because I want to, well, who is this person taking these beautiful photos? And we all shy. I, I do. I don't really like, but, you know, no one likes it. No. Very few people, um, you know, enjoy putting their photos up there. So, but it, that's what people are saying, what they like. You know, they like to see the person behind. Yeah, human, human contact. Yes, and you won't appeal to everybody. That's the thing. When I started business, I, oh, God, I was devastated when someone wouldn't accept my catering quote. I took it to heart. But now, like, there's horses for courses, and I do what I do. This is the way I do it. And, you know, if you yeah. want it, there you go. You've got yeah, it. being but true to not, that's fine. Everyone's got different tastes. So, and that's the purpose of social media is to find your tribe. So, mm. if you put thing putting yourself out there and sharing, you know, your aesthetic or your ideas or you know your products, people will, you know, have an opinion about that, and they're either going to you know sign up with you or they may go, no, you're not quite the right fit for me, and move on. But there's so many people out there that you know by being true to yourself, you will eventually find. Yes, group and I think sometimes we get caught up in the big numbers and we want these numbers, but actually it's how engaged people are with you. It's quality. Well, I'm going for that anyway because I don't have the big numbers. <laughs> no, it, it, that's the whole thing. Buying followers isn't real. It's yeah. not, you know, you want people to be interested in your business. 
Yes. Well, you really want to communicate with people. Yeah. Like I don't just want to be sitting here doing stuff. I want to be, yeah, I want people to ask questions. I want to be involved. I want to create things that actually people want and bring joy and Share your love of food. Share my healthy love of food. Share your healthy love of food. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Wendy. Anything that Wendy has mentioned, I will post in the podcast um, blurb at the end. So you can follow Wendy on Instagram and look at her beautiful photos and also go to her website and see her catering business as well. So thanks so much, Wendy. Thanks, Jen. Thanks so much, Wendy. I would just like to recap the pearls of wisdom Wendy shared in today's podcast. Wendy strongly suggests to introduce systems into your business that will help you scale and grow your enterprise. We discussed how being self-aware about how you work best is vital, building a team or introducing systems or parameters to support you to perform at your optimum level is a great way to manage your productivity. It is also essential to find the right tools that work best for you in your business. So embrace the right social media platforms and use them as a means to test your ideas. At Sassy and Self-Employed, we want your business to thrive, not just merely survive. Contact us to discuss coaching and courses to help you see real growth and change in your creative enterprise. Please visit www.sassyandselfemployed.com. Thanks so much, everyone. Talk some sass soon.